Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Welcome to Point God. Average sports fans talking about not so average topics. We got hot takes, cold takes, no pancakes. I'm your host, Tom Kenny. Let's get into it. Episode 2 Boogie in the Bay. I gotta be honest with you. I'm fucking pissed. I've never been this. I'm gonna tell you the story. I don't care how embarrassing it is. Fuck it. I'm sitting on the toilet, right? I'm scrolling through Instagram. And you know, you always see these videos. And I see this video of DeMarcus Cousins on the USA team with Steph Curry. And it's that video where he's like, I'm the third splash, brother. And then bricks it. And Curry's like, oh, we're still taking applications. And then I scroll down. And it says, Boogie to the Warriors one year for five mil. I didn't believe it. Yeah, you know, because these trolls, these Instagram accounts, it's like, whatever. Like, I don't care. I keep going. And then I get the ESPN update. I swear to God, I called my brother. I called my friend. I called my mom. I texted all my group chats. Absolutely insane. I mean, and, and you know, I, I was just going through the rationale. Immediately when it came through. That Boogie was actually going to the Warriors. I mean, that's an all-NBA team. That's five fucking all-stars on one team. My mind's racing. I'm like, is it even worth watching basketball? Is anything? Like, why would he do this? And then the day goes on, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to all the ESPN guys. I'm listening to Colin Cowherd. I'm listening to Stephen A. Smith. And their opinions. And the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. I mean, I fucking hate it. I still wish Boogie didn't go there. A top 10 player in the NBA. But I understand it. It's kind of the same way I feel about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant ruined the NBA, right? We can all agree on that. But the move that he made is understandable. This is Kevin Durant. Leaving ball hog Russell Westbrook and, you know... I mean, not a bad city in Oklahoma City. You know what I'm going to say? A city devoid of nightlife. That's not, Or you know what? A better phrase? Oklahoma City is not a destination. I mean, L.A., New York, Miami, those are places you want to go. San Francisco, to a lesser degree than those two, but a hell of a lot more than Oklahoma City. And go to play with a dynastic team, Steph Curry, share the ball, anybody gets it. I get it. So I understand the appeal. It's basically the same appeal that Boogie has, right? And coming off that Achilles injury that he had, that nobody comes back from, that, you know, really only Dominique is the only player in NBA history to come back from your Achilles injury and be what they were or better. But to not get any offers, I mean, yo, if I'm Boogie and I'm sitting in the NBA and I'm a max player 25 and 12 last season and I don't get an offer from a real team with long-term security, I mean, hey, I might be like, yo, fuck y'all too. Chestnut checkers, I'm going to the Warriors, which I mean he did, right? And now he gets to play in a one-year deal. And 
it's it's a prove it deal, which doesn't really make sense, right? Because he's going to a team. It, it's a free ring, right? It's a ring grab. He's going there. He's going to win a ring. He's going to be what? At best, the third most featured player on that team, probably fourth, just just because of the system. I'm not saying Clay's a better player than him, but in that system, Clay might be more valuable. I mean, it just and this is the thing, right? He's not going to come back until January, March, February, somewhere around there, and then they have to integrate him. And it's also it's a it, it's a great play by Boogie because he goes to the best culture in the NBA, and I mean not only is he going to learn from that championship culture, which I don't think that's why he's going there, but he gets to win a ring, he gets to see how you win a ring. He plays with great players, he lives in a great city, and he fucking ruined the NBA because of it. And. This gets me to thinking. This is this is like something that I've been thinking about for a while now. And this Boogie deal. So the way this happened, right, was Boogie hits free agency after the season. Um, and it's because of the injury and because of his past transgressions of being kind of a, uh, let's just say, um, confrontational type of player towards coaches, fans, um, teammates. I mean, you like to see... Uh, against your opponent, but not against your same team. So, so past transgressions and the injury leads to him not getting either. He said he had no offers. I mean, I I find that very hard to believe. I'm assuming. I mean, because he's not going to Sacramento, right? That's out of the picture. New Orleans says he doesn't want him. And then who else out there? Because I think I think the thing was. Not that he didn't get any offers. He didn't get any long-term security for the money he wanted. And then at that point, he's like, fuck y'all. I'm going to the Warriors. Get this ring. I don't have to be rushed back and, and, and whatever. So, so now the Warriors have this all-NBA team that could probably beat the East All-Stars, right? And it got me to thinking. I've been thinking about this for a while. Are the Warriors... Smarter than they are lucky, or are they luckier than they are smart? And what I mean by that is everyone is giving Bob Myers all this praise. Oh yeah, but wait to, to finish to finish my point with the boogie thing. So then after that, boogie calls up the Warriors, says I'll go there for a minimum deal, and you know I'll just sign there and I'll play this one year out with you guys. And yeah. But yeah, so so getting back to the point, Bob Myers and Steve Kerr and Golden State's getting all this credit, and they do deserve a lot of credit for 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 building this thing up. But I don't know. I just can't help but thinking. Not even just lucky to win the championships. I'm talking more about even luck in the construction of the team, the foundational pieces. I mean, the first bit of luck, right? Let's, let's, let's break this down. Is Golden State luckier than they are smart, or are they smarter than they are lucky? So first and foremost, Minnesota, back in the, in the 2009 draft, has two picks before Golden State. Picks two point guards, and Steph Curry, 
the potential, the inevitable, two times final, or not finals, not finals, two-time MVP drops to them. Now, look, they didn't have to pick him. It didn't have to work out like they did. So, I mean, they deserve credit for drafting him. But they got kind of lucky that they fell to him. And I mean, I, I, and this is the other thing, right? They didn't know he was going to be this good. Not only did they get lucky to get him just for their guy to fall, but they also got lucky in the fact that no one thought he was going to be this good. That he turned out to be, he, he exceeded their expectations wildly for what they thought he was going to be. So then, you know, they acquire Clay Thompson. They're getting good. They get Draymond in the second round. So th- those picks, right? Harrison Barnes building that team up. Um, and, and, you know, all the while it's being coached by Mark Jackson. They deserve credit for those, the, or for that, right? Drafting the players, developing the players. Okay, and, he, and here's a, sec- it's a separate argument that no one ever brings up. I'm going to take some water. Here, here's something that no one ever brings up. I hate when people say Steve Kerr rode the coattails or just jumped on a team that was pre-built by Mark Jackson. That's fucking bullshit. Mark Jackson was basically the same team that Steve Kerr had was a middle of the pa- middle of the pack playoff team in the Western Conference, which is pretty good, right? And then the year after, Steve Kerr comes in, totally changes the way they play, changes the system, puts Draymond in the starting lineup, revolutionizes basketball, wins a championship, catapult to being on the cusp of the of a dynastic team, which they eventually turned out to be under Steve Kerr, right? And he turns Steph Curry into an MVP. Mark Jackson, I mean, look, I'm not going to go as far as to say Mark Jackson's a bad coach, but if you're going to look me in the face as an intelligent sports fan and say Mark Jackson didn't underperform while he was at his time in Golden State, you're fucking crazy. That's an insane statement that I don't know how you can look on. And look, Steve Kerr to me, I don't think he's pop. I mean, he's definitely not. He's not Popovich, right? He's not Brad. I don't think he's Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens right now, if I was buying stock, and if I could either buy stock in Brad Stevens or I could buy stock in Steve Kerr, I would, I would buy stock in Brad Stevens. But after those two guys, who would you rather have as a coach? I mean, if you're not Boston, if you're not the Spurs, and you're not Golden State, what team doesn't trade their coach for Steve Kerr? If I'm Houston, I'm trading my team. Dwayne Casey, coach of the year, got fired. 
I mean, Spolstra? No way. I'm taking Kerr over that. And and this is where I'm getting to with this whole thing. Is Kerr was a great hire. It was time for a change. They needed a new voice, a new perspective. I think Steve Kerr, and another thing on Steve Kerr, right? He is one of the, he might be the only basketball mind that, or, or, or a basketball, not mind, basketball entity that combines, I mean, okay, so he was a solid player, right? Solid role player on a championship team. He won executive of the year. Anybody who watched him on TV as um, an analyst or a broadcaster, he was phenomenal. He's hilarious. And now he's a coach that's probably going to get to the Hall of Fame. Top three in the NBA, in my opinion. Definitely top five. I can't think of anyone in the history of the NBA that has been average or above average at all four of those. I mean, Isaiah was a bad exec Isaiah Thomas was a bad executive. Larry Bird wouldn't be good on TV. Um Irving Magic Johnson fails as a coach. Phil Jackson, solid player, best coach of all time, horrible executive to my New York Knicks. So, so I mean, Steve Kerr had a track record. He's, he was a great hire there, right? And then they go in 2015, they win the NBA Finals. Why? Because Kyrie Irving gets hurt in game one, and Kevin Love was hurt earlier in the playoffs. That's the only reason they win that first championship. They weren't battle-tested at that level of high-stakes competitive basketball. And I don't think if Kyrie Irving and and um, Kevin Love play in that fir- in that uh, first game or that first series, that we're even. I mean, we might actually we might still be having this discussion about how good Golden State is. I'm going to get to this in the beginning, right? But um, so they win the finals, and prior to this, Cur- Curry once they drafted him, once they built this team up, I kind of got off track with this Mark Jackson thing. But before we move forward. Curry got hurt, had severe chronic ankle problems that, you know, still are kind of nagging today, and you, and you saw that this season. But um, that, that allowed them to sign him to a, um, not a small deal, but um, an undervalued asset for the potential two-time MVP that he became, right? So then that's why they construct a team that has so much depth, because they have a player who's an MVP caliber player on a deal that's not, you know, a max deal, and they could fill out the rest of the roster with that insane talent level. And they hire Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr, go on. They only win the 2015 NBA Finals because Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love get hurt. And even the fact that Kyrie got hurt in Game 1 and Kevin Love didn't play the series, it went six games. With LeBron James. So, uh, and that's the thing, right? That's why you know that, that um, you know, this, this team would have lost. Is you take away LeBron's two All-Stars and they still go six? 
That's crazy. Okay, so 2015, they win the rink. They're fucking pissed that no one's giving them respect because of valid reasons of Kyrie Irving and um, Kevin Love not being in the finals and them still having to go to six games against a guy just basically LeBron James and the head coach David Blatt. So 2006 comes or, or 2016 comes along. They run through the NBA. 73-9, all-time great regular season team. Set the regular season record for wins. And then they go in the playoffs. Steph kind of gets nicked up. And, and this is, again, where I, I kind of say that they get lucky. The Western Conference Finals in 2016. Are the Golden State Warriors a better coached team in that in in those Western Conference Finals? Yeah. Are they a more skilled team? Skilled? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Are they a more talented team? Yes. Or no? No. No. Oklahoma City is the more talented team. Russell Westbrook, Steph, or not uh, not Steph, KD. That Oklahoma City team, it wasn't it wasn't better than Golden State. It had more talent and it had more potential. Now I think this might comes back to Russell Westbrook's lack of self-awareness, but that's a topic for another day. So then they go in to that Western Conference Finals down one to three to a team that's more talented. And then the fucking Oklahoma City Thunder, specifically Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, shrink. They choke. And here and, and, and here's a fundamental difference of how I define choking. And I think this is I think the way I'm gonna lay this out is the reason a lot of people today think LeBron or still think. That LeBron's not clutch, and Kobe is really clutch. Even though the numbers are basically the same, or in a lot of cases, Kobe's is you know shoots a worse percentage in the final minute or shot or whatever or whatever metric you want to use. The difference is when the palms get sweaty, when the pressure gets on. How do you react? You don't need to. For me to be clutch, right? Not or for anybody to be clutch. The way I define it is, are you the same player? You don't need to play better, but are you the same player? Does does pressure affect you? Now, you do have some rare cases where players just tend to play better when the money is on the line. An example of that is Kyrie Irving, Larry Bird, Reggie Miller, Jordan. They... They not only stayed at the same level, but those are the exceptions, the ones that go above their normal range. Whereas, and this is why Kobe is seen as great, right? Or not great, he's a great player, but why he's seen as clutch. Kobe is the same dude when the ball is tipped off as he is in the middle of the third quarter, as he is with two seconds left on the clock, he catches the ball, he's putting it up. He's the same guy. 
For better or worse, you can dissect his game and his percentages and how he treated teammates. But there is no doubt that Kobe Bryant was a clutch player. And here's the other thing. And the, and, and the reverse is not or, – or the reverse is true for LeBron James. Up until that Dallas series, and even – you could even make the argument his time in Miami, LeBron did kind of shrink. There, he had moments against Orlando, you know – I, I guess that's it. I mean, that, that's the only one I can think of. I know there were others, but you definitely saw. And I don't even just think it's a willingness to pass in, in the and right to make basketball play because that's okay, right? I'm all for, in the final moment of games, making the best basketball play, putting yourself in the best position to win. But there were some times LeBron was scared to shoot. And if you can't admit that, you're ignorant. I mean, you just didn't watch or I, or I don't know what you're looking at. Because LeBron clearly shrunk in Dallas against, not against the Spurs the first time. He was just overmatched. But um, he, on the Celtics, he quit. Like moving from his last, his last series um, against Boston the first time he was in Cleveland. So that's the difference between choking, right? And Durant clearly choked. And this is another thing, right? So, so getting back to the Warriors for a second. The Warriors, I hate when people say, oh, the Warriors needed Kevin Durant to beat LeBron. No, they fucking didn't. That's a fucking lie. The media props up to think that Kevin Durant is, 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 is as good as LeBron. He's not. And he never was, and he, I don't think, unless for the next, you know, year or two years, he's not going to pass it. This is why I say that. Those 73-9 and nine Warriors won first couple of games. Draymond goes out. They, they're up 3-1. Andrew Bogut, a starter, and their best rim protector, on the team, gets hurt and is out for the rest of the series. Are you telling me, with two of the best finishers slash drivers in the NBA and LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, that if you take away your best rim protector and a vital part of your defense, you're going to lose? Oh, that's fucking crazy. No, that's obvious. And I... It's obvious, and I'm not saying they they should have or that they should have lost because Andrew Bogut. I'm saying it makes it easier for it or it makes it easier for LeBron and Kyrie to get to the rim without expending as much energy, right? And even okay, and even say that they did that, that like he he was out, right? It's not like Golden State got blown out; they were in it. Until the final minute of the game. Until really? Kyrie hits the shot, right? I mean, it's over. Then LeBron goes down and he hits a couple of free throws and the game's over. So, no. 
They were in Game 7 of the NBA Finals without one of their starters. And they lost by basically a shot? No, 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 no. They didn't need Kevin Durant. That's bullshit. They didn't need him. Durant needed the Warriors. And them losing in the finals and Durant choking against them creates a small window of opportunity where the best regular season team in the NBA can add the second best player and they have an out. Now, now nobody lets them off the hook. I mean, I'm... I'm for it only because I'm for if you want to go do what you want to do, go do it. Um, Durant's a great player. If they can make the money work, it's not a hard cap league, but there's a salary cap if you want to go into the luxury. If the owner's willing to do that, if players are willing to take less money. And this kind of goes back to the boogie thing, right? What are you going to do? If a player's willing to sign for less money. So they sign him. And then they go on this run. And... And they beat... And, and, you know, Durant comes. Media backlash. Durant has kind of an identity crisis within himself. And, you know, it's funny, right? Durant choking against the Warriors. And then Steph kind of choking in the 2016 NBA Finals where the Cavs won. Um, and, and, you know, you kind of look back at this whole thing and, you know, Steph Curry getting injured. Um, so they signed him to that, um, smaller deal. It, it's weird that these small little moments of pain or short term instability are just setups for this massive dynamic success. And this is, and this is where that whole thing comes in, right? It's like... Is it luck, or are they just smarter than everybody else? Um, they're smart in the respect that they got KD, or or that or not uh, that they got KD, but in the fact that they drafted Steph Curry. But they were lucky he was there, because Minnesota needed a point guard. They picked two. They clearly could have picked Steph. He was in the conversation at least, and then. And then they were smart to fire Mark Jackson and hire Steve Kerr. Um, you know, they go on, revolutionize basketball. They were lucky that Steph got injured earlier prior to Steve Kerr coming so they could sign up to a smaller deal so that they can create this team that is so deep. Um, and, then, and then, you know... Durant chokes, they choke, Durant's on on the fucking uh, Warriors, which ruins the NBA in the first place, right? Then you go in, Kyrie and LeBron, they lose in five games to the Warriors in the finals. And then, you know, Kyrie leaves, LeBron comes, Durant resigns. Well, I mean, LeBron doesn't come. LeBron stays in Cleveland. And you know they they go this season 2018, and they and they sweep LeBron. So then let's go to this, to this right. They weren't smart to sign Boogie. This let's go to this off season. They're not smart to sign Boogie. They're lucky. They're lucky Boogie was available. 
Their lucky boogie called. Their lucky boogie, a top seven, eight player when healthy, although I don't think he's going to be healthy. And honestly, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have this season because of the injury, because of the style, and because of his attitude. Um, is willing to take a $5 million deal and create this all-NBA team that they have, right? So let's just take, let's say everything goes perfectly. Boogie has no attitude problems, comes back healthy in, you know, January or early February. They play great. This is the greatest team ever assembled. But Boogie's on a one-year deal. And everyone, and I was was, um, a mess to this, was you go in and you think this team... I mean, it, I mean, I think it's going to wreck the league with or without Boogie next year. And everyone says, this is the end of the NBA. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. This is the beginning of the NBA. Because this is what's going to happen. Either one or two things is going to happen. Either Boogie blows up, or, or no, let's, let's take the other example, right? Let's say everything goes perfectly, like I just said, and they win the championship. They were going to do that anyway, especially once Houston lost Trevor Ariza and Golden State got an offseason to get healthy again. I mean, was Houston really a threat? No. So they would have won the NBA championship either way. Now, are they going to be more dominant if Boogie comes back healthy? Yeah, they'll win more games, but how many more? If they were already going to win the championship, which honestly, they might not have. I mean, anything could happen. An injury could happen. I think Boston's still a year away. I think Gordon Hayward's going to need more time to uh, come back from that injury. I think Jason Tatum's a year away from really being like a superstar in this league. I yeah, like I said Trevor Reza from Houston, that's a big step, not a big step back, but they they got marginally worse. They're not as good as last year. So, what does Boogie go there really do? Does it change anything? And that's a question you have to ask yourself. Does Boogie going to the Warriors change the outcome? Of the NBA, or does it change the way you look at the NBA? Because if you're a Knicks fan, right? Why are you watching the NBA anyway? You know Golden State's going to win. You know? But, what? like, I'm a Knicks fan, right? Why did I watch? I watched for Kevin Knox. Or I'm going to watch for Kevin Knox. But I watched for KP. I watched for Frank Nielakina. If you're in Washington, what do you want? Is this the year they take that next step? You know, if you're in Phoenix, it, like... And I kind of have this other philosophy that the middle, like being a Toronto with players in their prime that you're trying to win now, but the players are, are on max deals and they're not really good enough to be the best player on a championship team, that's the worst place to be. If I'm an NBA GM, I either want to be – I either want to be Phoenix – Houston, I either want to be a Phoenix or a Sacramento, or I want to be a Houston or a Golden State. There is no in-between. I mean, there is, right? But how often does a team make that jump? 
You know, you need to draft a star. Outside of Houston right now, and I don't think their winning a championship is currently constructed, especially after they signed that CP3 deal where CP3 is getting paid over $30 million the last two years of uh, the contract. An aging point guard who has an injury history. Is that a great deal? No, but it's going to make them good next year. Um, so, so being in the middle sucks, right? So either be trash and get great players like Phoenix just did or like Philly's done. Or go out, draft well, and once you have those good players, add players in free agency. But so, so it didn't change anything, right? It didn't change the outcome of the game, of the NBA. It just changed our perception of the NBA. It changes now how, um, how many games they win, but like I said, it's going to be marginal. But next season, 2019, guess what? Next offseason? 2019 offseason. Um, Cousins is off the books. Durant's a free agent. Draymond's a free agent. And Clay's a free agent. So if we're all going to sit here and acknowledge that the first season or that next season was already a foregone conclusion, let's sit back and watch greatness. Because like I said, if Boogie works out, that's the best team ever. And I don't think it's and, and it's not a debate, right? If Boogie plays and, and fits in there well, that's the best team ever. That's the most talented team ever. It doesn't matter. But after that, they got four guys. Four of the five All-Stars are free agents. And they're not going to be able to keep them all. So one of them's leaving. Maybe it's DeMarcus. Probably DeMarcus. But are they going to be able to sign Clay, Dre, and Kevin when they're already paying Steph Curry 250 mil? I mean... I'm just saying, everyone's saying this is the end of the world. But if we're going to acknowledge that next year's a foregone conclusion, like it always was. Okay, but let's say it doesn't go perfectly. And, and Cousins makes trouble in the locker room. He doesn't like coming off the bench. He doesn't like the way they're handling their energy. And it blows up. And someone like Houston catches them. And they go to the finals. That may be one of the most legendary and epic storylines in NBA history, in sports history. But I don't think it's going to turn out like that. I think they lose two guys in the summer of 2019. I think, I mean, you got to keep Durant. I don't think, I, I don't even know if Durant's going to want to stay after he wins three consecutive titles. What more do you got to prove there? I think Dre will stay. I think uh, Thompson will stay. And I, I think it will go back to me in that 2015, that 73-9 win team. Just older and without Kevin Durant, without Boogie. Um, so that's basically, that's, that's the thought. But the thought I'm going to leave you with is basically what I've detailed out here. If you think about everything, if you think about Curry sliding to the Warriors, if you think about him getting injured, 
You think about the decision to draft Draymond in the second round. The decision to hire Steve Kerr. Choking by Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City and choking almost by the Warriors in 2016 finals. And then Cousins calling them up and saying, hey, I want to get a ring with you guys. Please let me play. I'll play for $5 million. You decide. Are the Warriors lucky? Or are they smart? 